Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Matcham. Oh boy, it is a busy night. Zach Weiss is here to help me break down what just happened. We had a whole podcast planned. We were going to talk about Tristan Thompson leaving. We were going to talk a little bit about Isaac Okoro. And then we were going to look at some backup center options. That was until just now. Zach, do you want to tell them what happened? Yeah, so all right, I'm doing my prep. Okay, Thonmaker, eh, all these other guys. Ah, wait a minute. Whoa, notification. JaVale McGee's coming to Cleveland? Um, Typo? Okay, we found out. Justin, I can confirm there were no typos. The Cavs are getting a three-time NBA champion, JaVale McGee. We'll get into that a little bit more. Soon, we got some other things that we're going to get into first, but we will get into the whole JaVale McGee trade, everything that happened there. But I do want to start with a little bit of news surrounding Isaac Okoro. He did sign his rookie scale contract um, starting at $6.4 million this year. That'll go up to six point seven next year. And then the last two years on his deal, on his rookie scale deal, will be team options for seven mil and $8.9 mil. He will be wearing number 35 for the Cavs. Zach, we haven't had you on in a while. I haven't had a, heard any of your opinions on this pick. How are you feeling about Isaac Okoro in Cleveland? Yeah, so first off, great to be back, Justin. Uh, thank you. Uh, second off, I want to say I like the 35 choice because Demetrius Nichols, 2008, was the last guy to wear it. And the only impactful 35s in Cavs history, Danny Ferry, he's only impactful for his time there and the number of years. And Phil Hubbard, who was a great player in the 80s. I like it a lot. And uh, we look at Isaac Okoro, and there's this one stat. I've told everybody that isn't sure who he is, so a, a, lot of fan, a lot of friends of mine really don't pay too much attention to the Cavs. Isaac Okoro, this stat is enough for me. 20% field goal percentage for opponents in one-on-ones. He shuts them down. He's lengthy. You know, he, he's just – his ability to make guys uncomfortable in isolation situations. So many teams in the league now don't have that. So to get a kid like that, 19 years old, with that capability, forget about everything else he can do. Start with that, and you have yourself a winner. Completely agree. Someone with really just incredible feel on both ends of the ball, an all-around player on both ends. Like you said, just a lockdown defender, hard worker. Super excited to finally have him under contract. I like the number 35. Some interesting stats there that I didn't know on the number. But... um. With that, we just wanted to get that out of the way. We do have some some sad news before we get to the exciting more exciting news. Tristan Thompson has left the Cavaliers. He signed with the Celtics on a two-year deal worth $19 million total. It's about the full mid-level per year. Um, 
you know, obviously we have some more news that is exciting tonight. But uh, this one stings a little bit. This one hurt when I first saw it. And obviously it was something we knew was coming. Um, the Cavaliers obviously were in the running for a while. Tristan had interest in coming back. But um, we came to find out later that the Cavaliers didn't even offer as much money as the Celtics. So it really it makes complete sense for Tristan to go there. He's going to a winning team. And he's going to get a really, really nice contract. We didn't know if he was going to get that. You know, there were reports that maybe he could have been a minimum guy. So... Yeah, I look at what, uh, what happened with Tristan Thompson, two-year, $19 million. First and foremost, thank you, Tristan. Uh, nine great years, championship, played every role imaginable, and just a great locker room guy, played his heart out, never complained. Now he's going to Boston, where he does have a chance to compete for a title, and he's in a perfect situation. Boston has Daniel Tice, and you know Brad Stevens always shifts around the center position. You never know who's going to get how many minutes. In the playoffs several times, Tice would play for 30 or 40 seconds to come out. He'd play the whole first quarter. You never knew it was going to happen. Tristan is in a perfect situation, and I think he's going to thrive uh, while he's playing there. And I'm happy for him for that reason. And uh, we're going to miss him. Nine years is a long time. I mean, as a Cavs fan, you know, other than uh, Anderson Varejao, no one had a longer in one longer tenure as a Cav in my time, 18 years, Varejao was there 11, Tristan 9, and he'll be missed. His rebounding ability, again, his locker room, everyone loves him there, and I'm just going to miss the hustle. I know that the Cavs still got Larry Nance, they got Dre, yeah, they got plenty of rebounds, they got JaVale, we're going to talk about that, I know, but they got some good rebounders, but Tristan's ability on the offensive end made the Cavs doubly intriguing to watch, because you know, off a miss... You always knew there's a good chance at a second opportunity. So I think they're gonna we're gonna miss that as much as anything else that he did. But thank you, Tristan. Now nine great years. What, what else can I say? Tristan held the franchise record for most consecutive games played. I don't remember exactly what that number was, but you know, he had that super long Iron Man streak. Um, he's seventh all time in games played for the Cavs, third all time in rebounds, eighth all time in minutes, sixth all time in blocks. Again, you know, not someone who was ever really an all-star, but incredible, incredible guy on and off the court for this team. Um, You know, he had his his spats off the court at times, but was always a great locker room guy. Um, Do you have any specific memories that stand out for you, Zach, from from his time in Cleveland? There's a lot that come to mind. And when I think of Tristan's game, I really just think of him as the guy that gives you timely rebounds. And, you know, he, he hit. The, the, the baskets when you absolutely needed him to. I just really think there's nothing specific at this moment, but I think about the first finals run when Kevin Love went down and the Cavs employer employed a very odd lineup that definitely would never work again with Tristan and Mozgov together. Tristan was in a bench role playing both power forward and center, and he just he played really well as the four next to a seven-footer in Mozgov, and they really didn't have great floor spacing. So just knowing that he could come in his – not really starting much that year. Verja was the starting center coming in before he got hurt. Then they got Mozgov. He did his job, and he just was ready. So I just look at that, and that's basically sums up the Tristan Thompson experience. And especially when, the, when they got Drummond, he didn't complain a second. He just gave, played hard. He did his thing. I, I wish we could, could have known that that terrible loss to Chicago last year would be Tristan's final game. I get a lot of guys had the same thing. Because of COVID, uh, play stopped. Not everyone was invited back. But he was great, Justin. And I made sure when I went to hoop today that my Tristan jersey was on. And uh, he made nine threes this year. He showed that he could really do anything 
So, of that. Yeah, you know, the, the, the threes were ugly, but a few of them did go in. It was it was funny to watch them shoot it. Because, you know, sometimes it did go in. But um, you mentioned the 2015 playoff run. Obviously, you know, kind of where he really came into his own. Um, 2016 was, you know, arguably, you know, the best basketball of his career. That playoff run, especially that run in the finals. Um, someone who's always, like you said, reliable in a pick and roll with LeBron. You know, you can give him that. You can dump it to him kind of in that mid-pain area and he'll float it up and score every time. All of the LeBron to Thompson lobs, all the Delhi to Thompson lobs over the years will be missed. Um, just this past season, had his career high in scoring against the Pistons, against Drummond in Detroit. Uh, the Cavs won that game in overtime. Tristan had 35 points, 14 rebounds, three assists. I think three blocks in that game as well. Just, you know, these past couple of years really has just stepped into that leadership role. And I think that's something that this team, you know, is is really going to miss. You know, Kevin Love is – we'll have to see what happens with Della Vadova as well. But Kevin Love, as of right now, is the last guy left from that era. So, you know, again, it, it, it was likely that this was going to be the case that, you know, we were going to move on both sides. But he will really, really, really be missed even with, you know – McGee here to replace him on the court just because he did bring a lot off the court to this team that was just so, so important. So like you said, yeah, disappointing that with the shutdown last season, you know, Cleveland never got to give him a proper goodbye, you know, on the court. Um, It didn't end that great. But overall, Cleveland loves Tristan and Tristan knows that. So we still have that going for us. But, um, any, any final Tristan thoughts before we get into the uh, the news going yeah, on so here? I will say, uh, it's unfortunate, I only caught the last minute of the overtime the day that Tristan went off on the Pistons. I caught it on radio. Now, Tim Alcorn, uh, I wish I had caught it live, but I couldn't see the game. That would easily be my favorite memory. I guess getting home and seeing the box score for what it was might be one of my favorite Tristan memories. I'm like, Tristan did What? So, no, I, I, I loved what uh, what he brought. And, uh, yeah, uh, two words, Justin. This For some reason, Cavs Twitter disputes this and isn't all in, but two words. Retire 13. Absolutely. That's not even a question. Retire Tristan Thompson's jersey. When you, when you look at NBA Twitter's opinion on it, you know, anybody who is, a, you know, an active Cavs fan on Twitter, I don't know what you're thinking if you don't think that his jersey is going to be retired. Obviously, you can make the Nate Thurman case. But this is someone who has spent his entire career up to Cleveland at this point. Again, he's 29 years old. He was drafted here. He's played here. He won a championship here. He's been our starting center. Someone who, you know, fans love and, and played a, a critical role in the championship on, on the championship team. So, yeah, I, I don't think that it's any doubt that Tristan Thompson gets his jersey retired here. I think he's just given so, so much to this franchise. So, yeah, 13 will be going up in the rafters for sure. And I think I've mentioned it here on the pod once before, but um, I guess I guess that Tristan game does stand out to me in particular because I was in Detroit to watch that game. So getting to see Tristan go off on a career night was really something for me to see. I would, I'll never forget, you know, watching him go off that night, and especially that was when Andre Drummond was still a piston. So seeing him outplay Andre was. A really, really cool experience, and I can thank Tristan forever for giving me that memory. <laughs> Last thing, Justin, I'll say is 
the next, if Tristan ever outplays Andre again, we're not going to have the same expression, but it, you know, and that's funny how the tables turn. We, we might, might, we might be know. like, hey, Tristan. We'll be, and, then, <laughs> and then we fire up the trade machine. Oh, yeah, uh, let's trade Andre Drummond for Tristan Thompson. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. I, do you think that there's a good chance that Tristan comes back someday? Obviously, he's under contract two years with the Celtics. Um, he'll be, what, 31 at the end of that deal. So there's a good chance that he comes back someday. He could sign another contract after this Boston one and still, you know, come and retire. But I in think Cleveland. personally, uh, Justin Tristan's going to be one of those guys that he takes it contract by contract. He's not going to settle on another home. Nine years in Cleveland, you know, I know he he likes the bigger markets, and obviously Boston is a more of a major city than Cleveland would be in that sense. You know, they're going to get a little more attention on him now. He's also going to be a lot a lot more criticism are going to come from the Celtic fans. But I don't I don't know. I think it's too early to say. I mean. When LeBron left Cleveland, he was, what, 26? I mean, it's a little different, obviously, but he – it's going to depend. I think the next two years will depend. You know, sometimes, you know, a guy uh, gets traded somewhere and they want to come back to their team. That's more of a baseball thing. And there's a lot of players that get traded and then return. Or all this Chapman from the Yankees to the Cubs and back, for example. But I think he's too early to say. He's yet to play somewhere else. He was here so long. I think – I don't know how Tristan values winning versus role. I think that's what it's going to come down to, and we're going to learn some of that this year because he's not always going to play 25 to 30 minutes. If the Celtics are playing a team and they need to go super small, I don't know that they'll put him at center. I don't know what they're going to do with the rest of their roster, but I'm just and, happy he's on a good team. In Boston, that's an interesting an interesting discussion because they have guys like Grant Williams and Semi Ozile, you know, when if they do need to go small. Obviously, they have a nice little center rotation there with, with – um, What's his face? Uh, Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice and um, and Tristan. But they do have those small ball center options, too, that they might choose to go to. I think Tristan is a better center at guarding the perimeter than some of the you know bigger, more you know slow-footed bigs. But I think Grant Williams is definitely better in those situations. So, yeah, overall, um, do you think he'll start in Boston? I think you uh, – yeah, I, I, I don't know if we start between Tice no. and Tristan. I think probably Tristan. I completely disagree. I'm sorry to say. Sorry, Tristan. You know, I love you. But, uh, no, I think that Tice's ability as a defender is what anchored the Celtics for so much of last season. No knock on Tristan. Tristan's going to do on offense what Tice can't do, and Tice does on defense what Tristan can't do. Tristan's not a bad defender at all. But Tristan can't protect the paint the same way. He can guard up top. No, he can't. Yeah, he can guard at the, per- the perimeter pretty well for a big guy, you know. And he, he can test shots very nicely for someone of his uh, size, frame, and uh, agility. But no, a very small chance. Thompson will probably make eight to eight to twelve starts, spot starts over the course of the year. I'm sure it's not a situation like when they had Morris and Baines and Horford, and they'd start sometimes Horford Baines or. Morris Horford to bring Baines off the bench. It's not that case. Tatum's locked in as the four. So yeah, we'll see. I, I think it'll be a pretty even minute split between Tice and Tristan. I know what I just said two minutes ago about the consistent minutes, but I still think he'll average about 20 to 25. But it, it's Tice's job. I mean, Celtics don't reach the conference finals without their, their anchor on D. And yeah, he was pretty bad in these conference semis, but they still don't win without him. What did Rob Williams? So, yeah, that's. Yeah, we forgot to mention Robert Williams, the Time Lord, too. So they they have, you know, they, they've gone from really a pretty weak center rotation to what should be a pretty strong one this year. You know, you don't have one guy who really hops off the page, but they have a lot of guys there who can, you know, filter in and out. 
Yeah. Oh, last thing, Justin, I'll say that that might be putting it a little nicely. I, the Celtics bench is in shambles. If you look at the entirety. Well, of the okay. Yes. Yeah, so if you look at the entirety of their bench, but not no, no, bench. I know. But I, I will say that they got rid of Poirier and Cantor. And look, we don't even know what Rob Williams is capable of because again, his minutes have gone in and out. He's gotten hurt both years. And then Tice had his moments, but has Tice already peaked or is Tice going to get better? That's another great, great thing to look at. And we're not, not going to dwell too deep on the Celtics. We do want to talk about our Cavs news, but Tristan is, I think, the best, most complete center for his overall ability on all sides of the floor. But I still think Tice has the upper hand for starting minutes and probably about a minute or two more per game over the course of the whole year. So, And he's he's been in Boston longer. you know. I mean, that factors in as well. So you're probably right. But it will be interesting to see just you know how he does fit in exactly into the rotation. Obviously, Tristan, even if he's on the Celtics, is a guy that I personally am going to be rooting for. I can't see any Cavs fan rooting against him at any point in his career. Unless he were to join the Warriors. Even then, I'd probably still root for him. But, um, <laughs> not like Verichow. <laughs> not like Verichow. I did not root for Verichow when he was on the no. Warriors. Yeah, but, um... <laughs> almost injured someone, too. I can't remember the play or the moment, but I'm pretty sure it was a dirty play from him in the, in the finals. At some point. There were a couple scuffles between him and some Cavs players, yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they, don't, they didn't call him Wild Thing for nothing. We just were on the, we were on the right <laughs> side of it for so long. Yeah. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. We also have other team-focused NBA podcasts, including Knock a Few Buck, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers, and Blazing the Path. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network too, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Well, this podcast was going to transition from here to backup center options on the free agent market. Um, those plans kind of got derailed when Nerlens Noel signed with the Knicks and Harry Jail, Harry Jails, Harry Giles signed with the Blazers. We were going to shift that market or those, those targets to guys like Aaron Baines, who just signed with the Raptors or Thon Maker or Dwayne Dedman or former Cavalier John Henson or Alex Len. But, um, then we got a trade. And the Cavaliers got their backup center. The total trade is JaVale McGee and a 2026 second round pick to the Cavaliers for Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell. So, Zach, I'll let let you take it away here. I want to hear your initial reactions to this trade. The Cavs made a trade with the defending champions? (laughs) That's my initial reaction. I'm thinking... Adrian Wojnarowski hasn't had to tweet the word Cleveland in a couple of years, so it's cool to see uh, something about our, our favorite team come out of his mouth or his keyboard, I guess. But no, I, I like it. Um, initially, I'm thinking, is, is this a move that's going to be clowned or praised? I like JaVale. I mean, you can't judge him for his numbers. Early career JaVale was unreal. You know, his mom played professional basketball. We Anyone that played 2K learned that or watched any Wizards or Nuggets games. Uh, for his first uh, seven years. I I like the move. JaVale was on the Warriors and Lakers for the last four years. He was with LeBron for two. He was with KD and Steph. 
Clay, Dre for the others. So he's just been around winning. So I think he has a lot to offer. I mean, he was a guy we used to just clown for not taking the game seriously. Now I think he brings a lot of insight. Uh, things I've mentioned on basically all my podcasts earlier this year when the season was going on, the Cavs need to go find a way to add a veteran or two that's been there that isn't already on the team because the oldest guy was, I think, Kevin Love at 31. So I like this a lot from that standpoint. Uh, I'm kind of, I was very sad about the when I saw Giles went somewhere else personally. I really would have loved that. That's one of my favorite uh, bigs in the game, to be honest with you. I love what he does and his versatility. But I like JaVale, you know. Uh, in the playoffs, he played all sorts of roles. He played starting center, then he played cheerleader, then he played only playing the first quarter center, then he played Dwight's backup. I didn't, Just like Tristan, you know, I mean, it's a little different. This is a team in, in the playoffs in the midst of a title hunt. He's just such a professional, and I think he'll embrace Cleveland. I think that uh, this is a good move for them. And also, Larry Nance Jr. versus JaVale McGee, uh, who's going to have more – unreal dunks in practice uh and i also i like javel's size at the center spot i know he's not a great rebounder but he's good enough and i think that they're gonna miss tristan but we're gonna get a lot of putback dunks instead of tip outs that we used to get from tristan and i'm excited for those yeah i think obviously you know we've been talking so much about the backup center position that shores that up completely you know javel mcgee is your guy at backup center you know that's somebody who say you do deal drumming at the deadline JaVale can come in and be your stopgap center. So really a very, very good move for Cleveland. Um, and you're taking on his $4.2 million salary, and you're also getting back his 2026 second-round pick, which is something in the future, but it's an asset. You got a second-round pick and a backup center for Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell was somebody who I didn't think was going to make the roster. Um, I'm not really a big, the biggest fan of his. Um, both those guys are probably going to get waived by L.A., so maybe there's a chance we could see him come back. Um, Cleveland's probably going to have to guarantee a portion of their salary just to make it guaranteed so the trade can go through. And then um, the Lakers are probably going to waive both of those guys so that they can clear room for Marcus All. So maybe the Cavaliers like one of those guys enough to where they bring him back. Um, like I said, I didn't think that Jordan Bell was going to make the roster in the first place, but maybe Alfonso McKinney comes back. I don't know if that's what he wants or not. But... Um, yeah, like we said, the Cavaliers have their backup center. It was cheap, and they got an asset for it. So that alone, great move. Um, JaVale is a vet. He's a champion. So, yeah, really, really, really like that. Looking at this roster beforehand, Jordan Bell pretty much was the backup center. Losing Alfonso McKinney, you know, hurts you a little bit on the wing. Um, you know, use a little bit of depth there. But you still have Osman, KPJ, Okoro, Windler, and Nance who can all play that kind of small forward spot. And you still have Love and Nance and guys like Dean Wade. Maybe we see a little bit of power forward from guys like Okoro and Osman. So there's there's still – Alfonso McKinney is not that dramatic of a loss. That wasn't somebody who was going to really t- soak up a lot of minutes. He was just going to kind of be injury insurance on the wing. So one interesting thing to look at with this is that it does clear up another roster spot. The Cavaliers – did have 13 players under contract on the main roster, not including two ways. They still have the two two-way guys, Matt Mooney and Lamar Stevens. But the Cavaliers now have three open roster spots. So, like I said, I still expect them to sign another backup guard. I think Delhi will likely be that guy. But I think at that point in free agency, um, are there any names left on the free agency market that really intrigue you for the Cavs? Uh, not 
a ton. Maybe they want to take a flyer on Alonzo Trier if no one else does. You know, he, he hasn't signed anywhere, right? I don't believe he signed. No, he has not. Yeah, so he's proven to be a talented guard, undrafted as well. Chip on his shoulder. He'll never, he'll just, you know, he'll play his role. You know, I look at a, mm, I see a Rondé Hollis Jefferson type would be great. Just a young energy guy that might want to prove it and take on a McKinney type role, just come in when he needs to. Um, I don't love Dwayne Dedman to, uh, he, he's good. He's not great. He really declined last year. <clears throat> as soon as he made his money, he stopped caring about improvement, and I think that's what. Well, he was also him. playing in Sacramento. I mean, no, but, but he signed the but he signed a three year, forty million deal. Like, okay, we 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 love you. We want to pay you this much. We know that you're a career D league guy that's worked his way into a rotational NBA big, and he gave them nothing. Same, they, they had a terrible offseason. Dad, they paid all their money to Tr- Corey Joseph, Trevor Ariza, and Dwayne Dedman. So. No disrespect to any of those guys. Two two champion players and one deadman, but not much. Maybe Langston Galloway for an extra guard. I mean, he's another guy with a chip on his shoulder who came in and made the Knicks watchable during one of their worst years when Melo didn't play the second half of the season. But besides that, I don't, I don't really see much. I think make sure you sign Delhi. I think it's huge. Again, veteran leadership continued. I know he mentors both Colin and Darius a lot, and they need that, especially if they have no other guards on the roster. I mean, why would you let him go? I don't know when they're going to sign him. I'm just waiting for the update saying Cavs to re-sign him to two-year, like eight or nine million deal. That's that's what he should get if they can afford that. So, I, I think Deller is likely going to be a minimum guy, whether it's a one- or two-year deal. Um, I, I don't see him getting any more than that. You look at the guard rotation right now, I don't even think Delhi really cracks it unless someone gets hurt. You have guys like Garland, Sexton, Exum, KPJ, and Windler who are all going to soak up guard minutes. Maybe even Okoro plays a little bit of two. We'll have to see exactly how they plan to use him. But I think that's exactly what you're looking for in free agency, and we've talked about him in the past again, but is just a veteran guy who's more of a veteran you know, locker room mentor type of guy, especially for these young guards. And who better than the familiar face of Matthew Delvedova to do that? Someone who I think is completely willing to do that, to come, you know, and play on a minimum salary. So, yeah, at this point, I'm still all in on the Cavaliers bringing back Delvedova. And again, we, we didn't see him have a great year last year, but he's, it's going to be more about just that, that off-court mentorship role than the on-court production. Past that, yeah, you mentioned... Dwayne Dedman, um, like I said, John Henson was another guy I really wanted to talk about because I wanted to talk about backup centers. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. I mean, the Cavaliers only have two traditional centers, but you have Love and Nance who can play there as well. I will say one thing I do like about this deal is that the Cavaliers did not give up Dean Wade. John Hollinger was the one who originally suggested that the Cavs were going to have to give something back to L.A., and he initially suggested Dean Wade going back to L.A., so I'm happy that we still have Dean again. I am a believer in Dean Wade. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on Dean? How do you like him on this team right now? You happy he's still here? <laughs> yeah, uh, I do like Dean. I just celebrated his birthday. Hate to see guys. Guys have been traded on their birthday unwillingly before. Uh, no, uh, happy belated. Obviously, I make sure you get the tweet out yesterday. But no, I, I like him. Um, I when I went to the Cavs Knicks game. Back in uh, November, he did last year. That's already been a year. That's crazy. He got some minutes. Uh, didn't do a ton, but I do like his ability. I still think he needs to bulk up a little bit. I know he's been great in the G League, but a lot of guys are. So what are you going to do to stand out? He can shoot the ball well. I think he's an okay rebounder. 
I mean, what, he's 6'9", so he's not the smallest. I think that uh, maybe he'll get some run. I don't know if he has really has an NBA future, but I'm happy he's still a part of the team because I think he's a good a good guy to have. I just think he's a, it's a positive influence on a lot of the guys. I mean, you, you never hear much about him, which no news is good news if you think about it. A lot of young guys... Uh, I've had, and some other Cavs specifically, uh, have had some off-court issues. Uh, all we know about Dean Wade is he's putting the time in. So that being said, I think he's doing everything he can to prove that he belongs in Cleveland uh, for at least another couple of years. Totally agree with you there. We're talking about, you know, how do this team, how does this team fill out the roster? I think a guy like Exum, or Exum Deli is the guy. Looking at the other two roster spots, I think you're going to get some guys who are young, who are just kind of fringe players, who maybe they invite to training camp and then one of them makes the team. Speaking of guys like that, the Cavaliers have made another signing tonight. Uh, they signed former Kentucky and Michigan guard Charles Matthews to a training camp deal. I'm not sure yet if it's a if it's a summer contract or an Exhibit 10. I'm sure we'll get details about that soon. Someone who, again, was a four-year college player, had a good career there, uh, but tore his ACL last year in a workout with Boston pre-draft and ended up going undrafted. Overall, looking at him as a player, solid score throughout his career. Um, okay shooter, but his shot is kind of ugly. Really a very good rebounder for a guard. Um, someone who, at least before his injury, was a great athlete. Uh, for a guard, you'd like him to improve his handle and his decision-making a little bit, but overall... An interesting signing, you know, someone who, again, was projected to be drafted last year before the ACL tear. It's good to see him get another chance. How are you feeling about this move? Yeah, I like it. And um, I'm, I always love a good comeback story. Tears the ACL in a pre-draft workout. Uh, then nothing happens, really. Can't play much ball. Next year comes and gets an opportunity to sign a form of contract, which should put him on the preseason roster, give him a chance to try and crack it. And we know... If we know one thing, it's the Cavs have found a way to get unbelievable preseason talent that somehow never makes the team. I guess one example is uh, TLC, Timothy Walu Cabarro, who mm-hmm. crushed it with the Nets in the bubble. My goodness, what a fun guy to watch shoot the basketball. He'll get a Joe Harris contract in a few years if he keeps it up. <laughs> but no, um, I, I like Matthews. Um, I And what's funny is it came a year. Uh, what if he was a Cav? La- the Cavs might have taken him last year. You know, be- They didn't have any other beeline guys with them last yeah, year. Yeah. So I, I don't know, by the way, before I continue, do we know if Beeline still has that re that role with the Cavs? I know they shuffled him around to have another role. Is he still? I, I strongly doubt that he does. I don't know that, but I know that he had like a, he would still have a role within the organization, probably just as an advisor. I highly doubt that he still has that position. I'm pretty sure he's moved on. That being said, then, uh, we look at Matthews, and he spent a year at Kentucky, and it's fun. Kentucky's bench is never that deep. You know, they, they always bring in a lot of freshmen. They usually go seven or eight guys, right, get most of the minutes, and you never hear anything about their bench guys. They never really get to the NBA. Matthews, in that one year, did appear in 36 games. He only put up two, two rebounds in 10 minutes a game for a guard over a whole year. Is actually not one – more actually more offensive than defensive rebounds. How's that for a guard? like that playing for coach Cal Calipari I think uh gave him that sense that he can accomplish whatever he sets his mind to and I can't remember off the top of my head but I think the 2015-16 team was one of the one that Jamal Murray was on so just getting pushed by a guy like that in practice definitely helped him go get his when he got to Michigan 13 and 6 two assists a steal almost a block 
Half a block for a guard over a full season at any level is impressive to me. Full steal. I think he's a great defensive player. And I think he is basically what the cat, what the Jazz thought they would get in a Dante Exum is what Matthews could actually now give to the Cavs. Size, rebounding, and ability to get into the passing lane. And if he can work his way into any kind of minutes, I think he'll show that he can defend at a high level. You look at those numbers, I mean, 48 blocks in a college career for a guard is not bad. 100 or 81 steals in 111 games, not bad at all. And given that he had to wait a year for the transfer portal, he still put up good numbers. I don't I don't know he'll ever see the court or even make the team, but I do like this guy. And again, he's going to be one of those guys, ACL tear before, loses his chance. And he, now he's like, I'll do anything for that extra opportunity. He's got it. He's desperate. He's hungry. And I think he's going to play really well when he does take the court for the Cavs in preseason. And like we said, you know, the Cavaliers have another roster spot open now. So there's, it's still not a done deal that he makes the team, but that that's the open door for him. So he does really have an opportunity now. A couple of guys on Twitter have been, you know, congratulating him. Dwayne Wade was one that, you know, shouted him out. Here's what John Beeline had to say on Twitter about it. Uh, great news for Charles Matthews. He can become a 3 and D guy that every MBT, NBA that every NBA team loves to have. Sorry. He is also a fabulous teammate and high-character young man. Charles can guard the very best and did so many times for us, talking about Michigan. Excited for him in the Cavs. Go Blue. So from that tweet, it does sound like, yeah, he's not with the Cavs anymore. He's long gone. I don't think the Cavaliers had any intention of keeping him any longer than they had to. But overall, if it means anything to anybody in the Cavs world, John Beeline is high on the kid. So... Take that for what you want. But um, overall, yeah, busy night. I did not expect to have this much to talk about. But um, overall, yeah, Okoro News, Tristan, JaVale, and Charles Matthews. Interesting night. So I guess we can we can extend the thank yous from um, just Tristan to Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell. Wait, are we – is there – what are – I gotta be. I gotta be straight here. Um, Jordan Bell signed, I think, uh, during the bubble. So just he signed during that transaction window, right before the bubble. Okay. So then, I, I don't want to be that guy. But what are what are we thanking Jordan Bell for? Are we thanking him for getting us. Javale saying thank you for signing this non guaranteed contract, so we could flip you for a three time champion backup center and to replace you. I'm just. Yep. I, we could. I'm just just spitballing. Sure. Yeah, we can thank him for, for, I don't know. <laughs> we can thank him for being a part of the mini camp. Um, thank you for thank you for working out with the team, giving him an extra body, and bring bringing Javale home to Cleveland. So, thank you, Jordan Bell, for all the memories. Um, that's all I really have to say about Jordan Bell. But Alfonso McKinney, we have a little bit more to thank him for. You know, it's. Kind of a good story last season. Someone who got waived a couple of times and finally then made the roster. So Yeah, shout out Alfonso McKinney. You know, his career has been defined well by hard work. He played his college ball at a school that most of us don't even think of as a basketball school in any way. Uh, Green Bay. Yeah, he played at Green Bay. That is where Alfonso McKinney played his college ball. They have had three other NBA players, by the way. Tony Bennett... Jeff Nordgaard and Logan Vandervelden. Logan Vandervelden, probably one of the best names we've ever seen in the NBA. But we're talking about Alfonso McKinney. And 
He played for the Raptors when the Warriors won. He played for the Warriors when the Raptors won. But he came to the Cavs. He contract was non-guaranteed for most of the year, but he did what he could to try and stick around. And then he was off the. Then he signed ten-day contracts, and then finally, like a week after, I think they they spaced out the ten-day contract so that they would have him through the All-Star break. And then they finally gave him the full extension, and then they trade him. He played 40 games, averaged five points, three rebounds. I remember him as a guy that was a good rebounder. You know, he could throw down a couple of nice dunks for a guy that's only, what, six, seven. I The only thing I didn't like, the one game he started was the one game I was at, and he got destroyed because he's too small to be a power forward. But he was a good slasher. I think he was a hard worker, and I think that everyone loved Alfonso McKinney. He brought, basically, you know, he brought... Having played with the Raptors, Kyle Lowry, uh, Fred Van Vliet, you know, all those uh, great players, Serge and whatnot, and then goes to the Warriors and plays for Steve Kerr and that team. He's just one of those guys, too, that came from such championship pedigree and teams that were that close, that were that good. I think he brought some uh, some positive stuff to the locker room. I'll miss him. Maybe they can bring him back once he clears with the Lakers, although I don't know if I don't assume he's getting kept. Though I don't know how it works when you trade someone, if you could just sign them again. The only time the Cavs ever did that, Justin, I remember, was Olgowskis, uh, 08 09. When they got Jameson, they sent Olgowskis. He had to wait a month and then they brought him in. I don't know what happens here, but if that's it, thank you, Alfonso. You know, you worked hard and you did your job, and we'll miss you. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly how all of that works. But, um,. Yeah, there's always the possibility that he comes back. I think he still has a role in this team if he were to, kind of the same role he had before. If not, Rondé Hellas Jefferson is another guy that I like, like you said earlier, who could come in and, again, play that similar type of role just as someone who can kind of wreak havoc on the defensive end, I think more so than Alfonso McKinney. We'll have to see what happens there. But um, anything else you got to say before we head out of here, Zach? Yeah, uh, in the words of Shaquille O'Neal, JaVale McGee! JaVale McGee! Hey, Justin, guess what? JaVale McGee. No, uh, excited <laughs> excited for JaVale. And, uh, dude, we are, we've waited so long for a Cavs game. We are exactly one month away. Finally. Yes, we are. Yes, Finally. We are. What, what, March March 10th? They lost to the Bulls. November 22nd, we're a month away. I cannot wait. It's been – and I know for both of us, you know, dude, pod, pod content is going to be through the roof once the season starts. Oh, yeah. It's going to oh, be yeah. great. Over under, over on, under on two and a half two and a half Shaq in the full moments this year from this JaVale McGee. From McGee. <laughs> I'll say under because Shaq is doesn't know anyone else who plays for the Cavs still. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, under. I'll say two flat. I'll say that he'll probably because uh, miss a really bad hook shot on one, and he'll try and catch a Kevin Love outlet to have the ball go through his fingertips, and he'll somehow trip like there's a banana peel nearby. That'll be his two moments. My biggest hope is that he doesn't kind of see what Drummond's doing and just kind of freelance like him because Drummond likes to freelance and that never really works that well. But I think he's better at it than McGee would be. And I really just hope that McGee doesn't get the same idea to try bringing the ball up the floor or make some flashy pass or start shooting regular threes. Are we going to see McGee shoot threes in Cleveland? Like, that was something he kind of started to work on in L.A. Yeah, I saw a video of him uh, hitting a late clock three against the Pistons. Dwight also did. He hit one in the playoffs. Um, yeah, he did. A few. I think that JaVale's mostly going to play around the rim because everyone else can shoot the ball in the lineup. But I think 
they'll leave that to Larry as far as the bench big that can shoot. Maybe every couple of games, McGee will shoot. I think it'll be a case where he'll catch the ball at the three-point line, and we're going to be unsure initially what his instincts will be. But I think that having played with the guys he did, I'm sure that he would be a very good shooter given who he, he would be able to get lessons from. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, with that, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much, Zach, for coming on. Again, it's been too long. We'll have to have you on again soon. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, everyone out there. Thank you, everyone out there, so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening, subscribe, rate, review, all of that good stuff, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.